And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to suck today because I have new bangs. No. And every time I look at myself in our monitor, I want to fix my hair. I want to like mess with my bangs and I need to stop. So. New bangs, who dis? It's sad that I can be a grown woman and completely <laughs> derailed by a new haircut, especially the fact that my 15-year-old told me that it makes me look more like a mom. If she had, like, punched me in the stomach and pushed me down it a flight of better. stairs, it would have, yeah, <laughs> I would have felt better than having her tell me. Come on, Emma. Yeah. So anyhow, welcome to Haunted AF. This is the ghost, uh, this is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. Woo! We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. Just got to remind everybody, go to hauntedaf.com. That's where we're posting all of our Everything. good stuff. Uh, you got to go to the blogs. I was just posting some stuff there today because last season, season one, mm-hmm. we talked about that house that was declared legally haunted in yeah, New York. You remember that? I do. And uh, it's actually back on the market. Get to shopping. It's like a million bucks for an old house. <laughs> That's pocket change. Yeah, where I guess um, revolutionary war ghosts are going to shake you awake in bed all the time. They should turn it into the Airbnb like the other people um, that we talked to a couple weeks they ago. They should. Did. I still think a million bucks is kind of a lot for that, but hey, yeah, why not? Give it a shot. That's all at hauntedaf.com. And we need to say hi to some new listeners. I was looking. We've got a whole bunch of new people all over the world. So um, I want to send a shout out to our top five cities that are outside of Texas. Most of our listeners are in Texas, but we've got tons of people in Indianapolis, Indiana, Springfield, Missouri, Lincoln, Nebraska, and then LA and San Diego, California. We also need to say hi to, we have one person in these cities. So we have one person in <laughs> Dodoma, Tanzania. Well, hello. In Shannon, Clare County, Ireland. And then in Brackney, Hobie, Sweden. Thank you, I, all of you. Brackney, Hobie. Brackney, Hobie. What a place. Yeah, I have I've heard it's gorgeous. I'm probably completely mispronouncing that. <laughs> uh, we also got a really great review the other day. Yes. You sent this. You were so excited. You texted this to me at home. Yeah, this comes from um, Lonnie, I think. So you guys are seriously so awesome. You'll always have me cackling on my way back home. <laughs> from work and I thank you for this also I have a really creepy ghost story but I don't have the guts to talk about it yet uh, love you guys and keep up the great work Lonnie we need your ghost story yes I, put your fears down yes like let us talk to you and I want to hear her cackle <laughs> yeah that's it. whenever I hear the word cackle I think of a chicken though it's I think like, of evil witch <laughs> Like <laughs> an evil chicken witch. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, you're so dumb. Um, also, <laughs> thanks to Hillary, she sent a message about Kane Rosa, which I feel like Kane Rosa and Carrollton owes us a free pizza. Yeah, because we've had multiple people who are going there so they can get their hair pulled by a ghost. Right? Yeah, it, it's probably not going to happen. But I would thought we just deserve a free pizza for not getting our hair pulled. Right? It disappointed us. It, it was, but the pizza's really it good. Is so good. Hillary says. Um, um, I saw the video you shared about Kane Rosa and the hair pulling poltergeist. So my husband and I went for pizza. 
pizza to check it out. Nothing spooky that night, but their pizza was so great. I took my 14-year-old daughter and her friend back the following week. We didn't expect anything, but as soon as we sat down, we felt and heard a slam on the table. The table even moved a couple of inches away from us. I thought my daughter or her friend had kicked it and said, whoa, who kicked the table? And they both said, not me. And then we all got genuinely freaked out. We tried to figure what made the noise, and the only way to reproduce it was to bang your hands on the table really hard. Just... Yeah, and she says it was super weird. Side note, don't you see them sitting in the restaurant, all of them like slamming the table, kicking it? How did that look to the people next to them? Crazy. Uh, She says that my daughter's friend went to the bathroom, came out scared. She said that she was the only one in there and was singing to herself on the (laughs) toilet. Which I love. (laughs) And then she saw a shadow move past her stall on the floor. So she gets all embarrassed and stops singing. Yeah. But then when she comes out of the stall, all the doors are open and there's nobody else in there. Yes! Yeah, so. you got the cutting ropes on no hair pull, but you got the bathroom know, ghost, right? and that's pretty awesome. Oh, I'm jealous. So, Rebecca, you found a story for us on Reddit. I Reddit did. the best stories right now. I know. So, this comes from user <laughs> Sniff and Snaps. <laughs> I think it's a he because he says so. Around seven years ago, I used to work at a nightclub. The building was pretty big, three floors, and a basement bar. When I used to finish my shift, I was always sent to the basement bar to clean down. The first time I went there after my shift, I automatically knew something wasn't right. I was alone behind the bar and it's pretty dark as you can guess and I felt that I just wasn't welcome. It wasn't a fear of being alone. It was something that I can't explain. As I was pottering along cleaning the bar pottering. pottering. I don't know. I've never Where is heard he that. from? I don't know. Maybe he's English. Pottering. So pottering, pottering along. along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was pottering along cleaning the bar and I noticed a wo- the woman's bathroom door opening and closing. Of course I think, ah yes, there's a drunk person in that bathroom. I'm going to go get him. So I walk over, go into the bathroom and to my surprise, there was nobody in there. Yeah, weird, right? I go back to the bar, and suddenly I feel an overwhelming cold feeling going around me. At this point, the only way I could describe how I was feeling is that I was about to beep myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. There's a bathroom right there. Right? I know. You're really close. Then suddenly three glasses that were sitting on the bar suddenly fell off at the end of the bar. Like, he's nowhere near them. Now, this is the problem. I can't just run to my boss and say, hey, there's a ghost downstairs, and then, you know, carry on about my day. But then he starts to hear a very soft voice coming through what he thought was the speakers, like a little girl's voice telling a story. So automatically he's like, oh my gosh, somebody's messing with me. But he said literally scares the actual out of me. That I run like Usain Bolt all the way to the third floor and tell my manager Usain Bolt's the, yeah, the Olympic runner, runner yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can just see this guy sprinting up the stairs. Ow. Runs all the way up to the third floor to tell his manager. She looks at him with a straight face and says, "Yeah, it's best that you leave tonight." What? What, what does that mean? So he goes, "Of course." I'm like, "What?" And she says, "We'll get the cleaners to do it tomorrow. It isn't safe for you down there." <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> so now he's really freaking out at this point, right? Yeah. So apparently, what happened before the club was built it used to be uh, like a car park and a young girl was run over and killed there oh so what happened to him only happens to men in this bar so really? this little like ghost girl trying to freak him out obviously she doesn't want them dancing on her grave oh. like getting freaky over where i was killed mm. at or whatever from that on out he quit like did not go back to that yeah. job yeah freaky little girl ghost yeah. voice would be enough to send me running to i wonder what the story was like what was she saying over the speakers i 
like, I want to know. I actually have a Reddit story too, and I teased this one last week. I reached out to this person, and she didn't respond to me, but I'm going to tell your story anyway. Yeah. This is from Bandrewiros. Bandrew. How would you say that? Bandrewy. Bandrewy Rose. Bandrewiros. Okay. Yep, there we go. I think you got it right. She says, "I was around 17 years old and home alone one afternoon. Back then, I did belly dancing and practiced on Saturday mornings. On this particular Saturday, my mom dropped me off after practice and went to run errands. I was excited to be home as it was an opportunity to sneak a phone call in my room because she was mm-hmm. rarely allowed to use the phone. Mm-hmm. So I take the phone into my room and I call this guy that I've been chatting with. The conversation was going well and I had my belly dance hip scarf in my hand and I was just kind of mm-hmm. absent-mindedly swinging it about. Oh. Yeah, it was the kitchen. I can. This? I can totally no. see like I'm flirting with this cute boy. Yeah, so she says it was the type that had metal coins on it so it was making a jingling sound as I swung it. Now what I'm about to say is totally bizarre and I'm well aware of that but this is 100% what I saw and what happened on that day. I saw a hand that appeared out of nowhere next to me and bashed my bed a total of three times. What? Like, yeah. She says, it happened so fast, it barely had time to register. Obviously, I freaked out. I screamed, jumped off my bed, and ran out of my room so fast, I think I completed the entire movement in about two steps. My friend on the phone was frantically asking what was wrong and what had happened, but I was in such shock I couldn't speak coherently. After about five minutes, I was able to explain what had happened, and I was crying at this point and would not go back in my room. Yeah. My friend was convinced that someone had broken into the house, and he had heard the sound of the three banks on my bed, so he he heard it. He kept asking if I was sure no one was in the room, maybe hiding under my bed. And I kept telling him that yeah. it was just the hand. There was oh. no body attached to it. <laughs> now, the only reason he didn't think I was insane was because he had actually heard the bangs. Now, this is not something I had imagined, and it was not a hallucination. I can't think of any explanation for this experience, no matter how hard I try. No, because there isn't a good one. One night, years later, my sister and I were having some wine, and I decided to tell her about the hand. Now, I expected her to laugh and think it was ridiculous. But she didn't. She looked at me and said, hmm, that's weird. And then she told me about this thing that used to happen to she and my brother when they were little. She said they used to believe that there was a scary hand in the house that would sometimes appear and chase them around. What? She said they called it the yucky hand and they would run away screaming. Oh my gosh. But she said since growing up, she had just chalked it up to their wild imaginations and had completely forgotten about their yucky hand. Oh my gosh. Isn't that nuts? Okay. How does a hand, just the hand, how? I don't know. How? But if you go to Reddit, go to the paranormal page on Reddit, just look up yucky hand because in the comments there's a bunch of people who have the same oh type of story. My. I've like never even heard of just like the hand. Just the hand. Either a disembodied hand, occasionally Ooh. disembodied feet. But the reason this got my attention is because in high school, I had a girlfriend who told me this story. <gasps> we had one of those nights. Like I had told her about my ghost story about the woman right, I saw yeah. in my room. And she told me that she would occasionally see these hands. Ooh. And they would come at her and they would clap. And Stop. they were angry. They would clap Stop. in her face. Like the... Conjuring like, yeah. in the closet. Yeah, but it was just the disembodied hands, and they would come in her room. But listen to this. She said they primarily showed up when she was having dirty fantasies about John Lennon. <laughs> Which is like, I'm sorry, could it have been John? I know. Like, this is not in, like, the Beatles' time. Like, we were all fantasizing about, like, Michael Hutchins or whatever, and she's having dirty thoughts about John Lennon, and That's these hilarious. hands would show up and... Clap in her face. Stop. 
Yes, you bad dog. Which here I had just told her my ghost story, so I didn't want to be like you're crazy. You know, I didn't want to. Like, I was just like, oh, she should have just left the John Lennon part off. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell people that's when it was happening. Yeah, because that's it's too much information. And now we're really worried about you, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. But I, I was so excited to read this story. Another hand story. I love it. That's amazing. Hello. Hello. Is this Ken Gerhard? This is. Hi, Ken. This is Julie and Rebecca from Haunted AF. How are you? Hi, ladies. I'm doing terrific. How are you doing today? We are doing great. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. You've written a lot of great books about monsters, about Bigfoot. Give us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with the term cryptozoology. I imagine many of them are. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, I, I go out and look for evidence of unknown animals. Uh, that's just kind of the scientific way of portraying it. Many people romanticize that and call me a monster. Monster Hunter, because many of the subjects that I investigate include kind of colorful, legendary beasts, including Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti, the Chupacabra, Mothman, and things like that. There is a reasonable chance that if any of those things exist, that those are actually unknown animals, if you will, and uh, that they've been portrayed as monsters, but they're just really amazing, um, undocumented creatures. So, Ken, out of all of these animals or these creatures that you investigate, which ones do you think have the most likelihood of being actually real, maybe being found one of these days? That's a great question. You're right. There are varying degrees of believability and evidence. Probably the most probable cryptid, in my opinion, is something called the Tasmanian tiger or the thylacine, which is a carnivorous marsupial from the island of Australia and Tasmania. And it's related to kangaroos, but it looks kind of like a wolf and it has stripes on its back is why it's called a tiger. But um, there have been many, many sightings, a thousand plus sightings since 1936. And at that time in 1936, it was known to exist, but it basically became extinct at that point. So it's something that scientists declared extinct, but there's many sightings. And then, of course, things like relic hominids, and that's a fancy way of saying Bigfoot and the Yeti. There is a lot of evidence that those things exist and that they're very elusive. And then, of course, you have many lake monsters and sea serpents around the world and the oceans and the many deep lakes are vast and unexplored. Things like the Loch Ness Monster and Ogopogo and Champ up in New York and Vermont. There are a number of things out there that might exist. Wait, what's Nogopogo? Oh, Ogopogo uh, is a colorful name, but it's a Canadian lake monster oh. uh, from British Columbia. You've got the best job ever. No kidding. Wait, have you ever seen something? No, I have never observed anything that I can definitively say is an unknown animal. Um, I'm convinced I've heard big foot vocalize on at least three or four occasions. One time in particular was very dramatic. I recorded it making these deep grunting Ooh. noises. Uh, this was in North Texas. North Texas? That's like here. Noises. It was in deep brush, so I couldn't see it. Now, we did get up to a higher vantage point. I was with three other investigators, and we, we shined a uh, spotlight down, and we got some eye shine. So there were two eyes looking back at us, Ooh. but we couldn't see what this thing was. And we found other evidence. You're sure that it wasn't eyes. just like two truckers in there just... <laughs> Two bears going at it. <laughs> and by bears, I don't mean like... You don't mean like big burly dudes. Yeah. Or no, no, I meant the big dudes. Big okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because we've had a little back and forth about what does Bigfoot sound like. Yes. Because Rebecca mm. always goes with Chewbacca. Right. And I've always told her it's almost it's like more like a scream. Could you do that for us? Well, actually, a number of vocalizations have been attributed to Bigfoot or Sasquatch. The most common ones are whistles, screams... Howls or moans, uh, grunts, snorts, and possibly teeth clacking. Oh. And there, there are also some people that have recorded uh, up in uh, 
the Sierra Mountains of California back in the 70s, there were some sounds that were recorded really strange called the Sierra Sounds. And uh, so it's kind of a series of grunts and weird gibberish. Those sounds have been studied by some scientists, and, and those are kind of convincing in some ways because they sound like a primate. So when you go, let's say, Bigfoot hunting, what is your lure? Like, what do you, you know how people have bird calls for mm. bird hunting. What would you do to, like, try to lure a Bigfoot towards you? Some researchers like to do these these howls, um, you know, kind of scream out and try to call to a Bigfoot. I don't really do that per se. And other researchers like to knock on trees because Bigfoot has hmm. been, allegedly, has been known to, to make these knocking noises. I've and done that with my kids. Have you? Yes, with sticks, knocking, knocking the on trees. trees. Yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot uh, the best experiences I've had in terms of getting Bigfoot vocalizations firsthand is really, you know, we think that these creatures are very curious. So what we'll do is we'll just camp out in an area where there's been a lot of activity and we won't actively go out and try to find them. Oh. Uh, you don't find Bigfoot. Bigfoot finds you. That's kind of the saying. So usually the weird things happen when, you're, when you've forgotten you're even out there looking for Bigfoot. You, you're sitting around the campfire with your buddies, and you're just talking, telling stories, and all of a sudden someone will hear something, and everyone will go, wait, what's that? You know. And uh, So that, that seems to be when things happen, when, when they feel like you're not out looking for them, but they're just kind of... You're just kind of in their area. Sometimes you get lucky. The reason that we got in touch with you is because we had a photo of something that looked kind of like a Bigfoot footprint mm. that I sent mm-hmm. to you. Did you get a chance to look at that? Yeah, I, I, I saw that, and I, I believe someone shared that with me before. Can you give me a little bit more in terms of the, the Providence mm. background? Or uh, There's not much background. Uh, it was in the woods near Canton, Texas, mm-hmm. and mm. um, it was close to a neighborhood because some people were just out walking their dog, and it was only that one print. We had a a lot of people saying that it might be a bear, but we just don't have mm. bears that large in North yeah. Texas. And I would think bears have like the big claws right. that would show in the footprint. Right. My first impression of looking at that footprint is that it's not real deep, and that's something that's always reported with Bigfoot tracks. If the substrate, this ground surface, allows for a deep print like mud or sand, these things weigh from 500 to 1,000 pounds, so they're, wow. they put very deep impressions into the ground. There's a general form or morphology that we recognize with most Bigfoot footprints. They look superficially like human prints, but they're much wider. Obviously, they're much longer. I mean, the average Bigfoot print is about 15 and a half inches long. Okay. They're much wider. The width is half of the length. You know, human footprints tend to be a little bit narrower. There's no arch, so they, they're very broad. Flat, you know, yeah, something, flat foot. The toes are proportionately smaller and more uniform. They do have a big toe, but it's not as big compared to the other toes. That's kind of the standard that most Bigfoot investigators go by. Hey, Ken, can we get back in touch with you at some point? Because we've run out of time, but I have so many questions. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got an issue with the Mothman. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I watched that movie. I didn't sleep for like three nights convinced <laughs> that the, the Mothman yeah. was coming to get me. Can we get you back on the podcast at some point? Because I'd love to ask you more questions. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to come back sometime. And your website is KenGerhard.com? KenGerhard.com. And I have a new Bigfoot book coming out in a week or two. It's called The Essential Guide to Bigfoot. So if anyone wants to, to learn a little bit more about Bigfoot, uh, it's on Amazon. His name is Harry, and he hangs out with the Hendersons. Yeah, that's, he's, that's <laughs> and I love him. I know, right? Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you, ladies. Have okay. a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, is this Monica? Yes, this is Monica. Hi, Monica. This is Julie and Rebecca from Haunted AF. How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? We're great. Yeah, we're great. It's you that we're concerned about. <laughs> no. After your whole traumatic experience, what, this all this week and last week? Uh, 
<laughs> I just have to say thank you so much for still coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you. Because this is fantastic. So, Monica, I guess it was like Friday night. Uh-huh. I started getting friends of mine were screenshotting this thing that they had seen on Facebook. Yes. And they were all sending it to me. They were like, oh, my God, look at this. Ziggy, will you show the picture, please? So, um, look at that. Okay, so Monica. White Rock Lake story. Yes, go to hauntedaf.com and we'll post the whole article. So, Monica, tell us about this photo. Okay, well, my son, who's 18 years old, mm-hmm. decided he has a, a friend of his, a girl who is not from the area, and she'd never heard the story of the Lady of White Rock Lake. Okay. So he decided to take her out there and tell her the story and spook her a little bit. Love it. Snap some pic- Yeah. She gets a little creeped out. They leave. He had snapped some pictures, and so the next day while he was at work, he put the pictures into the computer and uploaded them onto Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, me being Snoopy mom, I immediately I see them and I'm like, what is this? Is this, you know, and I'm, I'm asking, is this three different pictures with different filters? How was this taken? I'm getting, you know, and he's like, oh, it's three different pictures. I used three different. And I'm like, well, what is that in the corner? Well, he automatically starts BSing me. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's probably just a reflection off of something or maybe it's a bug or maybe it's a wet leaf. It's the lady it's of the lake. The lady of the lake. Every everything he's giving me is indicating <laughs> that he's not seen what I'm seeing. <laughs> oh, mom, that's just a bug. Oh, no. mom, that's just a reflection no. off the sign. It's clearly a woman, like in white with long hair. It's okay, a lady. So I'm, I'm losing it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> looks like the lady of the lake. Oh my gosh, like this is what this is. So I'm going to take it one step further. When he gets off work Saturday, which he doesn't get home from work until about 8, I'm like, we're going out to the lake tonight. I want to go to the exact same spot. I want to take. I want to be there at the exact same time. I want to use the exact same phone and the exact same filters because if this is just a reflection or if it's just a bug or if it's just something else besides the lady of the lake, I'm going to get evidence. Yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to debunk the picture, and he's sitting there watching me try to debunk the picture. (laughs) (laughs) And not telling you, not saying a word. Okay. That night when I got home, I'm so blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, we got a picture of a ghost. It's a real ghost. We got a picture of a ghost. (laughs) So I put it on the White Rock page. Of course you And that's when people contacted you. Mm -hmm. The next day, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, Milo, this lady reached out to me from a podcast, and she wants to talk to me about this picture. (laughs) I was like, since you're the one who took the picture, like, I really, and he's like, mom, do not talk to that lady. Do not, do not talk to that lady. Do not go on that podcast, mom. Do not do it. Now, why didn't he want you to come on the podcast with us? And I'm like, Milo, this is so cool. Like, this is one of the coolest things ever. I was like, we need to go on it. And he's like, mom, don't do it. And I'm like, why? And he goes, mom. I was just trying to scare Jasmine. Yes! <laughs> but it's like at this point, it's Monica, so uh, Monica, and I had we had spoken. I know we had scheduled the interview. I'd already sent it you to sent Rebecca. Me picture. We're like, oh my gosh, we're getting all excited. We're like and finally, a lady see. of the lake story. Oh, finally, finally, after months of asking for a Seriously. legit lady of the lake story, besides what's his face is the right. actor. 
Oh God, what is his name? Ken. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Yes, he's the only one who has like a a Lady of the Lake story. But so Monica posts this on the White Rock page, and it blows up, and all these people are commenting. And did you you read all those comments? Because some of them were like, "Oh yeah, she rode home in my back seat." Like people (laughs) were totally coming out of the woodwork with their Lady of the Lake stories. Love it. Oh yeah, the lady who said that she rode home in her back seat and left. I was like. Lady, give me a. I didn't want, but I'm not going to say anything because everybody's believing my story. Right. So I don't want to say you sound insane because I also sound insane. <laughs> you posted a ghost photo. And as it turns out, you were a little bit insane. But she was your kid. My daughter and yeah. I went to White Rock Lake the next day of and course. we were kind of driving over there, trying to, looking, find, trying to find the spot. So I get the message from Monica when I get home. She's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I, I was like, no, we're talking to you. I, I love this story. I think it's even better that your son photoshopped it. Yeah, me too. And it's a great it's, photoshop. He did a really good job. Yeah, it's not like over the top. It's just, it's just, just enough. enough. You can kind of see through her. Yeah, I really wanted to believe it. I know, I really, I really, really wanted to. I mean, I have to tell you, my husband went so far as to take the picture, put it in the computer, transfer the reflection of uh-huh. the moon over, like flip it over to see if it wasn't a double reflection. Like, mm-hmm. we really tried to explain this picture. Oh, yeah. And we're like, Oh man, it's, it's her! It's her! It's, it's totally her. her! It's real! It's real! Oh, but I'm you so do, sorry. you do have a real ghost story for us, though, don't you? I do, actually. I do have a real ghost story for you. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you my most recent ghost adventure. So I have a couple of friends and I, and we go out to different reportedly haunted locations. You know, we've gone out to like Jefferson and stayed at some hotels out there. We go wherever we think there's a ghost, just for fun. Okay, we, we so, want to join you. Yeah. That sounds like fun. So we went to uh, the Baker Hotel, and you do have to break in. I don't suggest that the cops take it really seriously. Trust me. Yeah. Well, it's Um, different now that they're renovating. You can't get anywhere near it, so I'm glad you got in. So we get into the Baker Hotel. Also, my son that tricked me with a picture, he was also with me. Okay. He's been on many of these adventures with me, so he knows how seriously I take this (laughs) stuff, and he still tricked me. God, that little brat. I love him. I love him. so funny. He's also with me. We break into the Baker Hotel. (laughs) of all the locations that we've ever gone that was the one that really got me now you know going in you assume that there's probably a lot of homeless people in there because they tell you there are but we never saw a homeless person you hear all kinds of commotion going on so you're like Mm. that's got to be homeless people above us or something so we keep going up looking further and further for the homeless people that are making all the sounds and walking around and stuff you don't find them, but you assume, well, they're hiding because that's what they do because they don't want to get in trouble. Well, we decided to go down to the basement area, and we're walking down this little set of stairs that kind of curves around to what used to be, like, I'm assuming a shop of some sort, like a shop front on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone throws a large piece of plaster against the wall. <laughs> And the piece of plaster shatters everywhere. Well, that's it. My son and a friend, they, I mean, they take off running. They're out of there. They're just gone with the flashlights. Oh, no. So, Dude, no. Yeah. No, no. I pull out my phone and I turn on my phone flashlight and I go down into this room where the plaster flew and I'm looking and there's nobody in there and there's no other entrance or exit. Okay, now I'm totally freaked out. 
And they're up at the top of the stairs yelling at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm coming. And as I'm going up the stairs, my purse, I wear like a purse over my shoulder, mm-hmm. completely gets pulled behind me. And I get pulled down the, t- the bottom. I was like on the bottom two steps. Oh, my God. And I get pulled down the bottom two steps. Monica. Let me tell you, I have never in my life run so fast or prayed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time where I can say, like, I really, truly felt like whatever happened couldn't be explained by something else. And you're sh- there was no one standing there. There was no, pre- no one standing there. There was no one no standing one. there. And the stairwell itself that goes down there is fairly wide, like probably wide enough for at least two people to stand side by side. Mm-hmm. And I was in the middle of the stairs. And on the right-hand side where the wall is, there's no rail, like handrail. Mm-hmm. There was nothing for my purse to get caught on. I think this is the first like real ghost story we've heard out of the Baker Hotel. You always yeah. hear like secondhand stories or history Mm -hmm. or whatever but you are the first time I've heard of someone having something actually happen to them we'll be right back Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles bridges to asylums wandering spirits to demons Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Another friend of mine was like, we should go back. The police, after they got my name and number, they're like, if we ever see you back here again, you're going to jail. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back. You got busted? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, this is for you got busted? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I'm like, Mama the no, Year with her son, twice. too. Twice. I know. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're like, we're hungry. We should go eat. And as we're crawling over this wall to get Aww. out to go eat, the police are sitting there waiting for us. And they're like, don't come back here. It's dangerous. There's homeless people. Okay, we won't come back. Whatever. We're coming back. We didn't drive all the way out here for nothing. <laughs> so we eat and we go in and we park our cars further away. And then we walked back over there and we sneaked back in. And sure enough, the second time coming out, the cop was not like he wasn't being as friendly. He was like, if I ever see you here again, AJ took my driver's license. He broke down my number. (laughs) I was like, oh, he's serious. (laughs) The best best part about this story is that your son wasn't in the room with you. So we know it wasn't him. We can't blame it on him this time. Not his fault. All right, Monica, since this is like a common theme with you, you're going to have to stay in touch with us. and let us know keep us posted on any of your little ghost hunts if something freaky happens you better be calling us yeah absolutely if I have any more experiences I will let you know yes just leave the son at home (laughs) (laughs) you know what he's banned from ghost hunts now (laughs) banned I know but we do love it yeah I love I love what he did but no but no no more more. thank you Monica y'all have a good afternoon you too bye 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 so Rebecca and I have been legit Nancy Drewing yeah and this is from a story it's all based on the story that uh, Robert will Wolonsky wrote actually in 2017. Mm-hmm. So this is an older story mm-hmm. that somebody sent to Haunted AF, I think back in the spring. And it's about this teeny tiny graveyard in Dallas called the Mooneyham Sparkman Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And there were concerns because it was this small family plot, but it was not being tended to. And it was just starting to kind of grow over. So here, I'll read just a little tiny bit from the article. Behind the chain link fence, beneath the overgrown weeds and shattered tree limbs lies an unremembered dis 
disregarded piece of Dallas history. The far-faded sign barely affixed to the fencing explains everything and nothing, Mooneyham Sparkman Cemetery. It serves as the final resting spot for some of the city's earliest settlers, among them Tennessee colonists and Confederate soldiers. Oh, and it goes on to talk about how the cemetery has fallen into disrepair. Mm -hmm. So according to this article, John Mitchell, Zodiac Stone's co-general manager, said that he was going to take care of the cleanup. Right. Zodiac Stone has since closed. And then the article starts talking about the ghosts, saying, this is a quote, yes, they're real. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Wolanski says he went over there Friday morning just to ask about the cemetery, and the first thing the receptionist mentioned was a little boy in 1800s clothing said to wander Zodiac Stone's next door showroom. Workers there talk about hearing whistling when no one's present or having their hair pulled in the otherwise empty parking lot next to the cemetery. Mm. So we've been calling Zodiac Stone Mm -hmm. for months. Right. And that's why we weren't getting an answer. Because there was no business Because there's no business. We would get like a fax machine like that. Right. So we went over there and uh, started going around to all of the businesses (laughs) around the cemetery. Harassing everyone. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Trying to figure out, like, first we were looking for Zodiac Stone because we didn't realize what had closed. Right. So tell them what people started telling us. So the first person that we talked to didn't really necessarily have a story that was just like, we don't like that cemetery. Like, they would pass by and, like, the neck hairs uh, would start to stand up and stuff like that. And then we had that one woman who was like... What did she say? Um, we actually have audio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ziggy, why don't you play the audio? A lot of stuff happens here. Five years ago, I was sitting in that office right there working on the computer. And on the side of my eye, I can see a little kid standing <laughs> by my door. And sit, look, I, you got chills. Look at her oh arms. Her arms so, are standing up. So <laughs> there's this little boy holding from the door. And it was only me and another girl and the warehouse guy. And so I finish, and then I come out, and then I ask the girl, hey, um, where's the little boy? And she says, what little boy? And I said, the one that was standing right there. And she says, there's nobody here, Selena. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was he was probably three, four years, oh. uh-huh, three, four years old, blonde, uh, with these little shorts and shoes, like really worn, right. and really old type of clothes. Right. Uh, that's when I felt goosebumps, you know, and so everybody came and they're like, what happened? So I'm over here telling them and on the side of the this office, we had like a storage in place where we put all of our files. Mm-hmm. And as I'm telling what happened, you could hear this binder drop and open in the floor. Papers flew everywhere. Oh, my God. Everywhere. And that's when we came to find out that the cemetery was there and that there was a little boy there. And you can ask the guy. I mean, the guys hear all the times people banging on the floor or just noises or, or like out of nowhere you can hear, hey. <gasps> yeah. The other guy, he came on a Saturday. We weren't open on Saturday. So he said I needed to use the restroom. So he came in on a Saturday around 10. He used the restroom. And then as he was going out to the warehouse to grab something, he says that he was standing right here by the door when he felt somebody touch him from the head, like put like a really strong force from on the head and he couldn't move. He kind of just stood there and little by little, he kind of recovered movement of his body and walked outside. Whoa, damn. <laughs> yeah. So he's awesome. like, I'm never coming back again oh. when it's empty. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing. When Rebecca and I were walking around to all of these different little yeah. showrooms that were right around this little cemetery, uh-huh. every single person had a story. Right. Some and, of them did not want to talk either. Right. And the stories were primarily about the sounds of children, mm-hmm. hearing the laughing, hearing the running around, yep. pokes, 
but primarily children. Mm -hmm. And that we heard multiple stories about the little boy. Mm -hmm. And the little boy was even mentioned in the article, yeah. too. So, so then Rebecca and I go over to this little cemetery. It's primarily children's graves. Yes, that was, the I think, what the freakiest part about what right. it just confirmed everything that everybody had been telling us. There's right. little children laughing, poking. And I think that there's a specific family that is buried out there. There was mm -hmm. one grave as recent as 1990, but most of them were either, it looked like, stillborn mm -hmm. or children who had died in the first year. Yeah. And then a handful of older and maybe teenagers. Yeah. But that was the thing. When we started going through and we were checking the dates on all it, of these it, graves. And they all had like the, you know how to signify it's a kid. It always has like the lamb on it. And there were yes. a couple of them that had the little lamb on the it. Little it's just heartbreaking. Super sad. No. So It um, sounds like they're having fun in the afterlife, though. Yeah, they're they're having a lot of fun at those little shops I all know, around messing there. with all those people. But it worked out. <laughs> we were so excited that we actually I followed a story. I know. And it, everything came to fruition that we had hoped for. I mean, right. we did walk around the cemetery with the audio recorder trying to get something and nothing happened. Nothing happened. We I kept, tried. There was a freaky bell that's hanging from one of the trees in there mm -hmm. and I was like, don't jingle it. Maybe the ghost will come get, you know, yeah. but nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. I rang the bell, nothing happened. I know. My phone got wonky. That was the only that, thing yeah, which, again. That's twice now that your phone has gotten wonky where a supposed ghost. But go to hauntedafcom where we'll share the audio there yeah. and some of the pictures Send your ghost stories to us. Give them the email address. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, it's like our high holy time is coming. Halloween yes. is rapidly approaching. <laughs> <High holy> time. <laughs> so um, we do, Haunted AF does have a couple of really fun things coming up. We are planning yes. some stuff. And we do hope to be making announcements about that very right. soon. Also, an update on t-shirts. We're close. We're super We're close. We're so close. Yes, that's going to be happening soon. And we'll give you all the details on the next Haunted AF. All right, Haunted AFers, remember to subscribe either iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, as well as our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Ooh, it's so bright and shiny I over know. there. Got to say thanks to our board op, Ziggy Backer. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and to Andrew Mamalaga <laughs> for our theme song. Also, a shout out to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm going to come back and haunt. Oh, I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.